May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Well, good morning, everybody. Man, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that fun, great stuff going on this time of year. My name's Adam Jungblut. I'm the pastor of Parker Fellowship's North Campus, which will be launching this February. And I'll tell you, what a great way to end this year. Uh, then by coming to church and just reflecting on everything that God's done for you in 2013. Yeah, you know, I've talked about it often. Now, while I was growing up in high school and in college during the summers, I worked at a Christian sports camp called TBRM. It was a great way of growing up. Every summer, spending time with great friends, uh, just in an amazing environment. It, it was awesome. But the end of every summer finished pretty much the exact same way. It'd be all of us getting together, and we would be talking about how great our summer was, and then we began to think, what if, what if we lived all year long like we did at camp? What if we were fully devoted to Christ year long like we were during the summers? Because look, just being honest, it was really easy to be completely sold out to Christ at camp. I mean, you're surrounded by other Christ followers. You are in an environment that is structured on you having a healthy, growing relationship with Christ. I mean, like we had scheduled time for our quiet times. We had scheduled time for Bible studies. We're all there for the same mission, to reach kids with the gospel. And there was very little influence from the outside world. So it was pretty easy to be fully devoted to Christ every summer. But what if we lived that way all year round. That's what we talked about. It's kind of what we, we dreamed about. Now, look, it, it really didn't happen. We'd go back and we'd start strong in the very beginning, but you know, the habits of camp faded and life and school kind of took back over. Every year uh, around New Year's, we'd have a reunion and the whole staff would get back together at camp and it was just a good time to see each other for a couple of days. I remember one moment at reunion, very, very clear. It was the New Year's of my senior year in high school, and I went back and I was hanging out with a group of guys. And one of the guys' name was Lance. Lance was sharing with us a weekend that, that he had had recently. And honestly, it was not the most God-honoring weekend. And so he got done telling us the story of his weekend, and you know, we were all like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And then one guy, Sam, Sam was in his sophomore year at college. Sam, Sam just said, hey, Lance, like, you thought it was a great time. Like, do you think that's how Jesus would look at that weekend and consider it? He said, because you know, the Lance that I worked with this summer, he really wouldn't have done those things. Er, excuse me? It was like silence. And like everybody's kind of like looking at the ground. It was like, did that, did that just happen? And we're looking at Lance and we're looking at Sam back at Lance. And then we kind of realized something. Sam was doing it. Everything that we talked about at the end of the summer, like Sam was, he was nailing it. He was living for Christ all year round, just like we did in the summertime. And the more that we hung around him, it was easy to see. I mean, he had this joy that was about him. It wasn't this, oh, I'm so glad we're here. It's been such a hard fall. I mean, he was excited. He had energy. He had passion. He was telling us stories of things that he had done at school and things that his church had done and people that he'd gotten to share the gospel with. It was extremely captivating because Sam was doing it and the rest of us, well, it was still kind of this, you know, pie in the sky dream. I remember leaving and thinking, what would my life look like 
if I became fully devoted to Christ? Because, you know, up until that point, it was kind of like, well, it's a great idea, but like nobody really, you know, can do that. Well, Sam was. And it kind of took off all of the reasons why I wasn't. What would that look like? Look, we've all had a time like that. We've all had a time like that where we've sat there and we've thought, what would my life look like if I actually applied those principles? What would my life look like if I became fully devoted to Christ? For the vast majority of, uh, of us, that we've had those moments here in this room. We've heard Mike give a sermon. We were really compelled and we look at the next steps and we think, what would my life look like if I didn't just check that box, but I followed through with it? What would my life look like if I began to apply these principles? If I became a husband or a wife that lived like that? What if I parented that way? What if I could actually be that guy, that, that guy that shows up to work? I mean, what would my life look like if I became fully devoted to Christ? We've all had those thoughts. So let's talk about it. Let's take a look. That's what I want to do this morning. I, I want us to look like, what does it mean to be fully devoted to Christ? And then what would our lives look like? Because look, we've all thought it before. I've wrestled with it. You've wrestled with it. So let's look at it. Heading into 2014, what would it look like if I became fully devoted to Christ? Now, before we get to the concept of fully devoted, let's just stop for a second. What does this mean to be devoted to Christ? Look, it starts with simply becoming a Christ follower. Christ followers, when the time of your life comes where you place your hope and your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ for your life now and for your eternal salvation. The reality is, is that we've all made mistakes. We're all covered in, in, in this thing the Bible calls sin. We are just mistake-ridden people. We've made small mistakes, We've made big mistakes, but the reality is, is that all of us have made mistakes. And these mistakes are what are basically hindering our relationship from God and spending eternity with him. Because people that are filled with mistakes cannot be in a relationship with a perfect God and live in eternity in a perfect place. It would kind of ruin the perfect place. And because of this distance between us and God, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, what we celebrated at Christmas time, to be born, just like you, just like me, but he lived a perfect life, didn't make any mistakes. And so the one guy that could enter into heaven, have a relationship with Christ, didn't have to be punished for all of his mistakes, said, you know what? I'll take on the punishments of everybody's mistakes. And he was killed, and he hung on a cross for payment of all of my mistakes and all of your mistakes. And if we put our hope and our trust in him, that he died for our sins and that three days later he rose from the grave, that he conquered death, that we can have a relationship with him now and we can spend eternity in heaven because all of our mistakes have been forgiven. We have a clean slate. It's as if when God looks down, he sees his son perfect. That's what it means to be devoted to Christ to become a Christ follower, to put your hope and your faith in him. Well, now the journey begins of our devotion, of how devoted are we to Christ? Are we devoted on the very minimum level or 
Are we growing in our devotion? And I want to talk about what does it mean to be fully devoted today? Not just a little bit devoted. Not just, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do the spiritual habits that are convenient for me, but the difficult ones, I've just kind of got a lot on my plate right now. That, that's like for those like Jesus freak people. Like I'm not one of those. Like I want us to talk about what it means to be fully devoted today. So let's just look at some examples. Here's the first example as I was going through. Uh, what does it mean to be fully devoted? Well, the first one is spend time in God's word every day. I mean, if we're going to be fully devoted, this is an everyday deal. This is not just when I have time. It's not the majority of days out of the week. If we're fully devoted, it's every day. Look at what it says in Joshua 1.8. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you be prosperous and succeed in all you do. How often are you supposed to be in God's word? Every day. How often do you need to think about it? Every day, every night, continually. I mean, God's word, this book of instruction, the Bible, it's not something for us to read on Sundays. It's not something for us to read when it's convenient. It's something for us to meditate on day and night. It's something that we're supposed to be in every single day. No, 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 look, I mean, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I don't want to come across as judgmental. If you're sitting and you're saying, well, I'm definitely not fully devoted. I don't, I don't do it every day. Look, while I was writing this message, I had a pretty hard truth that I had to face. Neither am I. You know, according to the definition of fully devoted in the Bible, I'm not fully devoted. And I got to be honest, my initial reaction when I was hit with that truth was, well, justify, 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 justify. It was just the way that I, I had to deal with the fact because I didn't want to think of myself as a pastor, as somebody who's not fully devoted. I'm not. I, I really would love to stand up here and say, yeah, in 2013, I read my Bible every single day. I, every day I woke up and I had time. Look, I didn't. I didn't. Vacation, sick, life took over, and there were days that it just didn't happen for me. Now, am I more devoted now than I was five years ago? Absolutely. But fully devoted? No. So look, please don't look at up here and think that I'm some guy that's got this all figured out and I'm just telling you what I do. It's, it's just not true. But you know, one of the things that jumped out when I was reading that Joshua 1.8 passage, it talks about then you will be sure to obey. And the more that I thought about this concept of being fully devoted, it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody because there's this idea that we can only be obedient to really to what we know. You see, the more I thought about it, there's this level of obedience and this level of knowledge that we all have. All of us know certain things about the Bible. Some of us know more than others. And we're accountable for what we know. Now, now just follow me on this train of thought here. My level of knowledge, let's say it's here. My level of obedience is way down here. There's this gap of things that I know I'm supposed to be doing in scripture that I'm not doing. Well, am I fully devoted? No, 
I'm not fully devoted. Now let's just say there's somebody whose level of knowledge is here. They've only been following Christ for just a short amount of time and haven't read as much of the Bible. Their level of knowledge is here, but their level of devotion is right here. Everything that they know, they're fully obedient to it. Well, then they're fully devoted. There's this distance between how much we know and how much we obey. That's the area that we need to grow. So I know some of you are like, sweet, I'm just not going to know anything else. (laughs) Done. Done. I'm just going to stay right here at the level of knowledge that I am. And what I know, I'm done for the rest of my life. I will increase in my obedience. Nailed it. Yep. Fully devoted. But look, Joshua 1.8 just kind of ruins that for us. Because if we're supposed to be in God's word every day, and we're supposed to meditate on it day and night, guess what's going to happen as you read more? Your knowledge is going to increase. And you're going to learn different aspects of your life where you are to be obedient. So, it's not like you can just stop in your level of knowledge, think you're done, because that's not the case. I really just blew that out of the water for you with this first point. My bad. Look, as we continue to read more of God's word, we're going to find areas of our life that we can increase our devotion to him. As our level of knowledge increases, how sad would it be if our level of obedience stays the same? That's when we become hypocrites. That's when we become Mr. Know-it-all. Do as I say, not as I do. And I, I, I despise that Christ follower. They give us a bad name. Because all they do is they talk about how much they know, how much they know, and you look at your life and it's like, hey, you're not doing any of it. That's the struggle. That's what we're looking at today, being fully devoted. To obey fully to what we know. Now look, if you're thinking, you're like, man, I don't, there's no way I can spend time in God's word every day. And yes, you can. Absolutely you can. Like it's not like there's a time limit on here. I'm not saying you have to map out an hour. Some of them might be an hour. Look, 10 minutes. It doesn't take long to read a devotion. It doesn't take long to read a chapter of the Bible. Read a chapter of the Bible in the morning and then just meditate on it for the rest of the day. Just think about it. I mean, really, we're talking about watching maybe 10 minutes less of TV to start. I mean, we're talking about working a little bit more effectively at work so you can leave when work is over and not have to work overtime. Prioritize just a little bit different. Get up 15 minutes earlier. Just a little bit. You will see how your devotion will bound, leaps and bounds will increase. Well, what's another way? If we're fully fully devoted, what's something else that that marks our lives? Here's the next bullet point. Forgive every time I've been wronged. Forgive every time I've been wrong. What it says in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Look, the truth is, is that we've been forgiven. Of every sin we have ever committed, no matter how big or small, and we've also been forgiven of every sin we will ever commit. I mean, think about that. 
all of the sins for the rest of your life have already been forgiven. Look, when Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins, all of our sins were future sins because we hadn't been born yet. So it's not like Christ's death was sufficient just for the sins that you've already committed. No, his death is sufficient for all the sins you will ever commit. All of the sins your kids will ever commit. It was enough. So look, let's just be blunt here. Who the heck are we to not forgive anybody? Now look, I'm, I know that some sins and some people, it's just harder to forgive because what they did to you was so atrocious. What they did to your kids was just so harsh. The words that they spoke have left a wound that has stuck for decades in your life. Like I'm, not, I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying that as soon as you're forgiven that you're gonna be healed of those. But look, we've been forgiven of everything. Now think of it this way. You're not forgiving them for their sake, for the person that wronged you, for the person that hurt you. You're not forgiving them for their sake. And you're honestly not even forgiving them for your sake. You're forgiving them because of Christ. Because he's the one that you're devoted to. Not the other person. Look, God's word says that we are to forgive every time. It's not like there's a list. Hey, you forgive every time for this list of sins, but for these sins, you don't have to forgive because those are really bad. That's not what we see. We say forgive because you've been forgiven. Look, if there's a sin that was done to you, a wrong that was done to you, or maybe you're like the secondary offender and there was a wrong done to one of your family members or a very close friend, but it just hurts you so bad and you haven't forgiven them, it's time to forgive. Like, I'm not saying you gotta be best friends. I'm not even saying you gotta send them a Christmas card next year. All I'm saying is that if we're gonna be fully devoted, then we're gonna forgive. What's another thing? If we're fully devoted, what does our life look like? Here's the next one. Submit to one another. All right. I did not say, ladies, submit to your husband. I didn't. The word submits like this horrible word. Everybody always pulls it up, always get fussed at. But look, look at what it says in Ephesians 5.21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So look, wives, you supposed to submit to your husbands? Yes. Husbands, are you supposed to submit to your wives? Yes. Employers, are you supposed to submit to your boss? Yes. Are you supposed to submit to your kids? Yes. Are they supposed to submit to you? Yes. Why? Because of Christ. Because the one guy who honestly had every excuse in the world not to submit to anybody, submitted to everyone. I mean, the one guy that could have said, no, I'm not submitting to anybody. I'm the son of God. Everybody submits to me. He submitted to us. He submitted to God when God said, hey, son, here's what I want you to do. He said, okay, I'm going to submit. So we submit. Now, now, what does that look like? Let's just say in your marriage, what does that look like? Here's what it means. It means all of your spouse's hopes, dreams, and desires for a marriage, well, they become your hopes and dreams and desires. And if both of you are fighting for each other's dreams and desires, 
If you're no longer striving for what you want your marriage to look like, but you're fighting for what you want your spouse, the idea that they have for their marriage to look like, well, everybody's going to be happy in the end. If your home is filled with people that are desiring to submit to one another, arguments are going to basically cease. There's not going to be any tattletaling. There's not going to be any fighting or arguments because everybody's going to be submitting. Oh, you want to share my toy? Great, you take it. Hey, go for it. You want the keys to the car this weekend? Hey, you go for it. You drive. If it's just mutual submission, then everybody, everybody's submitting to everybody. I mean, think about what the world would look like if that was the case. If everybody in this room was fighting for the hopes and dreams and the ideals of the person sitting next to them, all personal agendas would be out of the way. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Because that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called. That's a tough deal. I tell you, just in these three things, how hard is it to be fully devoted? Man, nobody said it was going to be easy. But I am telling you that there's a huge reward. I want to look at two things real quick of what would happen if I became fully devoted to Jesus Christ. Well, the first said, I would be confident that God's got my back. Now, look, I got to be honest with you. I really tried to find a more spiritual way to say that. I, re- I just couldn't. I really couldn't. I, I don't know what, what, what it was that I was like, that God's got my back, that I was like, that's not like super spiritual, but it, that's really what it is. That's just really when you boil it down to, you can be confident that God's got your back. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter four. It says, acknowledge and take heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. Keep his decrees and commands which I am giving you today so that it may go well with you and your children after you and that you may live long in the land your God gives you for all time. There's this idea of, hey, if you follow my decrees and commands, it'll go well with you. Now look, we don't know what a definition of well is. And looking back on my life, a lot of times God's definition of well did not line up with my definition of well. It's just not. It's not like necessarily the way that I would script things. And so we can't fall into the trap of, well, if God's got my back, then everything that I personally want and desire is always going to happen. That's not what it says. What it says is that, look, if you are fully devoted to me, I promise you this, I'll make sure it goes well with you. It'll go well with you. And not only that, it'll go well with your children. Because of your devotion, I'll make sure they're taken care of. I'll make sure that there is this general generation blessing of making sure that it goes well with them because of your devotion. I'll be honest with you, I'll sign up for that. That's one of those contracts that I would sign not getting a definition of what it means, not what well means, that it'll go well with you. You know what, God? You are a good God, and you sent your son to die on this earth for my sins. It's cool. Whatever well is, I'll take it because you love me that much. And I know that there's going to be times that well, I might look at my life and think, well, this isn't very well. But look, I'll have faith and I will be fully devoted enough to you, God, that I'll take it. 
I mean, what would your life look like? You'd stop questioning if you were in the middle of God's will. You'd stop questioning if you're in the right job here, or maybe you need to change jobs, or maybe you're looking at things of, uh, do we need to change schools for our, our kids, or do we need to move? Like, what does this look like? Like, I really don't know what my life's supposed to look like right now. Look, look if you're fully devoted, you know that it's gonna go well with you. So you'd stop worrying. The pressure that's on your shoulders would be lifted. Oh, that sounds so great. It would be so great to just know that if I'm fully devoted, that I can have confidence that God's got my back and that it'll go well with me. That's a pretty fantastic reward. There's another one. Look at this. Here's the second thing. We can go on and on and on. Here are just two big ones. Like, I would be used for greater works in God's kingdom. 2 Timothy 2.20 and 21 says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy and useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Like, there are, there are purposes and there are tasks in God's kingdom that have to be done. For some of them, God chooses gold and silver instruments, and for some of them, he uses wood and clay. Like, we're, neither of them are bad. It, it's not that one is bad and one is good. It's just that one is good, but one is great. I want to be used for the great purposes. Uh, look, uh, look at you this way. Let's say you're a coach. You're a coach of a basketball team. There's about three seconds left on the clock. It's the championship game. You're down by one. You have the ball. Who do you want taking the last shot? Your best player. Every time, you're gonna draw the play up to where your best player takes the shot. I'll be honest with you. I wanna be the kind of Christ follower that when God looks and there's seconds left on the clock and he needs somebody for a purpose, he needs somebody to take that last shot, I wanna be the kind of Christ follower that God says, Adam, you're getting the ball. Look, you do too. You want to be that kind of Christ follower? We all do. Look, when you're fully devoted, when your level of obedience is equal to our level of knowledge, God says, I can entrust this person because everything I've given this person, they have been obedient to the fullest. They have followed me to the fullest. They are devoted to the fullest. So look, whatever this purpose is in my kingdom, I'm bringing my best I'm getting out my gold and my silver, and it's going to be you. That's what happens when you're fully devoted. Look, I'm not saying that what you're doing right now in the kingdom is, isn't grand or isn't for great purposes. It, it is. But as we become fully devoted, more devoted than what we are now, the purpose only gets grander. And now, look, I don't, once again, it might not be our definition of a grand purpose. But look, as I was thinking about it, you know, Billy Graham's gotten all of this talk. He's been in the social media recently for all the stuff and the talks that he's done. Somebody had to be a Sunday school teacher. Somebody had to be like his first Sunday school teacher that Billy Graham realized church is fun. 
What if his first Sunday school teacher was just a horrible person, wasn't nice, was rude? Billy Graham would have said, you know what, this whole church thing, I don't even want to go. It had been kicking, screaming, crying every single Sunday. I don't want to go. I don't like church. Things might have looked different. Look, that Sunday school teacher, Billy Graham's first Sunday school teacher, that was a grand purpose for the God's kingdom. I don't, I don't know if that person ever realized that. But I guarantee you it was. I want that kind of job. That, that's what I want. I want a job that is so grand and is so great that when God scans, looks to and fro, he finds me. Right now, I'll be honest with you, there are some jobs that I'd be passed over because I'm just not as devoted as I need to be. But would you join me in changing that this next year? Would you join me in committing to be fully devoted next year? Yeah, it's going to be big changes right off the bat. But who cares? It's, it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it to be that person in small group. That just like Sam did, is the one that's instigating the change. The one that's leading the charge. In your small group, when you get there, when you show up, for people to say, what would my life look like? If I live like so-and-so, that, that's what I want. All right, everybody pull out your connection card. I want you to take a step or next step based on the message today. Look, maybe for you it's this first one. Commit to be fully devoted to Christ in 2014. Look, this is a big commitment. This is a big commitment. I, and do not check this if you're not willing to strive. I, look, you're not going to be perfect. But look, if you're going to strive, check this box, and I would love to pray for you. Here's the next one. Commit to read my Bible every day this week. Every day this week, read your Bible. Look, you can do that. It's just one week. Seven days. Read your Bible every day. Be obedient to what I learn while I'm reading my Bible. All right, so if you're reading your Bible every day this week, you're going to learn more things. Commit now to be obedient. Don't commit to be obedient after you learn. That's a lot harder. Commit now. Look, be on the lookout. Here's the next one. Be on the lookout to be used by God for greater works in 2014. Look, be on the lookout and be ready. Because if you're fully devoted, greater works are coming your way. And here's the last one. To become a Christ follower for the very first time today. Look, if there's never come a time in your life where you've asked Christ to come into your life that you would put your, put your hope and your faith and your trust in him, look, in just a couple seconds, we're going to have a time of just some music playing for you to make that commitment. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. Pray that prayer. Look, here's what I want us to do. I want everybody to bow your head and prayerfully look at these next steps and make the commitment that the Holy Spirit is leading you to take. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. So everybody bow your head. If you want to pray to become a Christ follower, now is a great time. So let's have 30 seconds of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would help us be more devoted to you. God, and I know that it's a process of our devotion growing. God, and so I pray that quickly we would become fully devoted to you. God, that you would give us the strength to step out, God, and, and change. 
God, put new habits in our lives. God, of the things that we already know that we're struggling in our obedience, Lord, let our obedience level quickly rise to our level of knowledge. God, of what we know of you and your word. God, and I pray that you would allow us, God, to have time in our day that we can daily seek you to be in your word so that we can learn more things, that our devotion can grow. God, that we wouldn't be stuck here in this spot a year from now, God, but that we can look around, God, and that we can celebrate because 2014 was the year that we became fully devoted to you. So in the name of Jesus Christ, would you do what only you can do? Send your spirit down to change us, to empower us, to draw us closer to you. We love you, Lord, and we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.